Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Wow, COVID-19. What did it do to our tattoo industry? Man, it rocked us. We were shut down three months. And then obviously with the death of George Floyd that happened during all of this. We honestly saw a spike in requests that we were getting for getting the Confederate flag tattoo covered up. All we want is justice. We can't get justice. With the climate kind of going on in America right now, I think a lot of people who had that symbol on them was just like, yeah, this ain't, this ain't me. This isn't who I am. I'm not trying to live like this. So when we got back to work, I said, we have to just turn it up a notch. And since we've gotten back from the lockdown, I'm doing three or five cover-ups a week. In tattooing, a cover-up is when you are able to go in and take an old image that you got when you were younger, where you had made a mistake, a lapse of judgment, and being able to alter that image and turn it into something completely brand new. It's a skill set that not a lot of people want to dive into, especially um, very difficult or very large cover-ups, but um, it's something that I've always really enjoyed doing and consider myself to be good at. My name is Billy White. I'm a 35-year-old tattoo artist from Zanesville, Ohio. And I've been tattooing for 16 years now. The town I grew up in is actually about 35 minutes southeast of where I currently live and have lived for the majority of my adult life. I'm from a small town called Crooksville, Ohio, where there's really nothing happening there. They've removed all the stoplights kind of thing. Industries gone. Typical Rust Belt, America town. I started tattooing when I was 19. I, I didn't even really know like, I wanted to tattoo per se. This shop was a tattoo shop and a skate shop. And at the time, that was like the coolest shit that you could possibly have. And I, I went in there and asked if they were hiring. and. Uh, they were like, oh, yeah, man, like, uh, can you draw? I had went to college to pursue art education, but at that time, they had cut all the funding for um, those kind of programs in our state. So 
I said, yeah, they invited me to uh, the shop meeting that night. Uh, there was like a fight in the parking lot and they ended up firing a tattooer that night. And basically they were like, Hey, just come in tomorrow and you can start working. I was there for two weeks and uh, they set me up a tattoo machine. cover-up work that we do really popped off right at the the charlottesville event the unite the right rally they just literally came down the street at 80 miles per hour to fucking hit us just now there are people bodies laying on the ground right now senseless loss of life there and the perpetrator the murderer who drove that car was from my home state of ohio so for me i've always seen racism and the symbols of it in my community, whether it be rebel flags, dudes rocking swastika tattoos. There's so many people out there that are willing to go and get these tattoos and tattoo shops will do them and not think twice about it. They just want the money. And I thought with the platform that I have, I could kind of shift the culture in tattooing. So former people, and hate groups, whether it be the Aryan Brotherhood, members of the KKK. There's tons of different factions of that, and I could go on and on and on about the people that have walked away from those groups that we've helped. But ultimately, we realize that a lot of people need help, and they don't have the finances to really do it. There's a lot of really terrible stories that you hear working in this, and it's a lot to deal with. It's really shed a lot of light on the world for me and opened my eyes up to how people get into these situations, whether it be a socioeconomic impact of living in um, a community that has no money, no industry, low education, a ton, ton of mental health, drug and alcohol problems. I see broken homes whether it be dad in prison, dad's not there, mom's not there, mom's in prison, dad OD'd, mom OD'd. I'm seeing this across the board and I'm seeing a ton of like suicide and different things like that that really play into these people getting into the lives that they've had. And, and man, when I first started this, I really, really didn't know how many things dove into this but we're also helping former gang members people of human trafficking and sex trafficking we've shifted into recently helping people who have done some self-harm and a big one for me that i've recently dove into was helping women who are survivors of breast cancer with their mastectomy scars so it's been full blow how can we use tattooing to help the community so when someone approaches us about any kind of these cover-ups or any kind of help that they need, we start a vetting process. I, I didn't want it to be a no questions asked kind of thing. I wanted to get to know these people. I wanted to make sure that we weren't hiding white supremacy, that these people adamantly have changed or that they're making positive changes. Sometimes we're asking some very, very difficult questions. Hey, are you still donating money to the cause are you still training do you still hang out with any of the members that you used to have you moved away from the community that you were in
and a lot of times, most of these people, as soon as they, they know what we're doing, we're getting pages worth of, this is my story. These are the things that I've done. These are the things that have happened in my life that have made me walk away from it. That vetting process is something that allows us to facilitate letting people know that we're invested in them, not only monetarily, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And uh, we just want everybody to grow and continue to grow. But not everybody gets through. Like a client, his name's Josh. He's from South Carolina. It was two years of getting to know Josh and getting to know him and keeping an eye on his social media and, you know, oh, your, your Facebook page went down, brother. Like, what happened there? It's, it's that building of that relationship. And I always say that the human growth is not linear and I am definitely not the judge, jury, and the executioner of all of this. We all have our communities and our, our families and our rituals and these things that have just molded us that a lot of times we have to kind of unlearn some of the toxic things that, that we've taken in, whether that be forms of toxic masculinity. I know I, I struggle with that, asking for help. So... We ask those questions, we build a relationship, we take a look at what they need done, and we assess how difficult it's gonna be. I wanna give them something beautiful, I want to give them something that they're proud of, and that when they look in the mirror, they see a new person. You know, I've had clients tell me that they've never taken their shirt off in front of their partner while making love. When you hear that kind of thing, and you talk about people who are in their 40s that have been with people for 16, 17 years, they've never taken their shirt off in front of them. They're so ashamed of the person that they were. But you, you just don't understand the gravity of, of what that means when they get it off of them. To watch a grown man walk across the room to a mirror and start crying because he no longer has to see a swastika on his chest. It's a powerful moment. A lot of people think that after the cover-up is done, that we that's where we wash our hands of it, but that is not the case. We consistently share resources, and even if it is a person we're only going to see once, we want to keep checking back on that person, and we want to make sure that things are okay with them. You have to do the hard work. It's not pretty work. It's not easy work, but you're going to have to go to places, and you're going to have to meet those people understand that there are other ways to live we want to um continue to push the narrative that uh we love you guys um we're stronger together uh united we stand and divided we fall so and you have to be vocal about it continue guys to to like these videos share these videos um and and let's try to make a difference and uh have a great night you also can't be in echo chambers so you have to be in places that are uncomfortable if I hear that the Klan's throwing a rally, I'm going to the Klan rally in hopes that maybe there's going to be some supporters there that I just need to have someone in their ear to let them know, like, hey, if you ever looking to walk away from this, 
There's people that can help you. There's people that care about you. There's people that love you that don't want to fill your mind with hate. You have a more desperate time in America and around the world. People are out of jobs. People are losing hope. And they are turning to anybody that can help them or that feels like they can help them. And I just think that if we're not really careful as a society, we're, we're going to be harboring and fostering and even helping facilitate the growth of more hate. I think that's why I just like can't stop and I just want to continue to do whatever I can. It's either now or never.